Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to today's issues here on the American Family Radio Network. The name of this program is Today's Issues. Tim Wildman here with Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Hey, good morning, Tim. And Fred Jackson. Yes, good morning. Good to be back on a Monday. Yes, absolutely. And uh, good to be back in studio with you guys. Spent last week with a lot of our uh, 57, I think, of our supporters. Most of them are supporters uh, in Washington, D.C. and Williamsburg on a spiritual heritage tour. So had a good week and, and glad to be back here. Capitol building is still uh, surrounded by a fence. Uh, well, and rightly so, Tim. There's a lot of dangers out there facing our nation, most of them coming from white supremacists. Well, they were lying around uh, <laughs> underneath trees near the Capitol building. I was I lying spot, in wait. <laughs> I spotted them. Yeah, I spotted them. They had their huh? T- t-shirts on with insurrectionists. Yeah. Well, that, I'm with, well, I'm with that, the insurrectionists. The, the t-shirts said uh, "White Supremacists for uh, America." Ah, uh, and they were there to, uh, to, to because that's the number one threat. That's, oh, that's what the president said. On the back of the T-shirt, greatest threat to America. Greatest yeah. threat. <laughs> We're number one. We're, We're in- number one. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you just had your tourists who, who were there in the summertime wanting to see our nation's capital, and you still got – now the National Guardsmen aren't out there anymore, but still got the fencing around the whole block of the United States Capitol building, and you can't go in there. Uh, you can't, the tourists can't go in to see the Capitol, uh, right now. Now they, I don't know if that's still COVID related or if that's, uh, you know, to protect us from the white supremacist, uh, take, protect the Capitol Hill. Right. Congressman senators from the white supremacists, which are the, as the number said, one terrorist, domestic terror threat, according to the Biden administration. Yes, absolutely. Yes. That. And then the next week it changed though. Remember Biden said, uh, he said, I'm not joking. The Pentagon told me eight years ago, 10 years ago, that global warming was the number one threat to our national security. Remember oh. that? Mm. Remember that? I, I, I don't. I'm you missed that honest. one? Yeah. I, I, I missed that. You were out, one I think, threat. but he said, I'm not joking. <laughs> yep. Biden said, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. He was over at the, G- speaking over to some from our troops when he was over visiting for the G7. He said, I'm not joking. That's he right. said, the Pentagon told me 10 years ago, global warming is our That's right. number one national security threat. Yep. And then the Pentagon spokesperson, I think the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, or one of them said, uh, well, that isn't exactly, he didn't say it like, he didn't, he said, uh, my focus is on China and, and Russia militarily. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> not, kidding. Not, not, uh, not your SUV. Uh, okay all right so anyway uh in dc last week and uh enjoyed our visit there got to see a lot of things arlington national cemetery mount vernon the bible museum there's a lot of wonderful things to see that are open in our nation's capital all right uh ed you want to tell folks how they can join us on that their internet absolutely if you want to watch us do radio and as we say who wouldn't you can go to either facebook or youtube 
and search for today's issues and click through, and you can watch us do video. For those of you who are watching, I am waving at this very yes, moment. And uh, now listen, if you are going to be traveling and you will miss your terrestrial radio station for your daily fix mm-hmm. of American Family Radio, you can download the app and you can listen to us anywhere that there is good internet. In fact, Tim, on your spiritual heritage tour, didn't you say that a lot of the folks who went with you listen on the app? Yeah, yeah, the app has just uh, been a game changer for us here at AFR. So, because people can get us and listen anywhere, right. they don't have to have one of our radio stations. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. Fred, what's on tap this morning? Well, a lot of attention being played still to Tropical Storm uh, Claudette. You remember that it hit the Gulf Coast uh, several days ago, 12 inches of rain over a fairly short period of time. Well, that system continued to move to the north and tragically caused a horrible accident on Interstate 65 just south of Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, You may have heard the story this morning, uh, eight young people, ages 4 to 17. They were in a van. Uh, they belonged to a, uh, a uh, Tabalusa County Girls Ranch, a youth home operated by the Alabama Sheriff's Association. Now, these kids, uh, the home had taken them down to the Gulf Coast for a week on the beach. They were heading back home. And because of this storm, uh, Interstate 65, some uh, areas of heavy water on the road, uh, somebody, you know, you know what it's like. Somebody taps their brakes. It causes these accidents. And very tragically, uh, eight of the kids on this van, uh, died because of this. There were also two or three other vehicles involved altogether. 13 people, uh, passed away because of the traffic accident and some other incidents. Uh, I think there was another incident where a tree falls on a house and, uh, also loss of life there. So this storm, uh, refuses to go away. It is regaining strength as of early this morning uh, up along the coast, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. It is going to move out and move along the coast. Uh, but our, our, our prayers. I think it's gone. It, it's, yeah, it's moving up the coast now. It'll go oh, okay. into the Atlantic. But uh, our prayers certainly go for all of these uh, dear folks who have lost loved ones uh, because of this. And it's just a reminder you know, sometimes, you know, we hear of hurricanes and tornadoes. But when you think a tropical storm, okay, we're going to get a little bit of rain out of it. But don't take these things lightly, folks. Uh, tragic accidents like this can happen. And can and there can be a lot of uh, devastating flooding for people uh, who um, you know, we have, you know, people that we know yeah. whose homes flooded, you know, yeah. recently. And uh, lots of devastation. And, yes. and this is an opportunity for the church to uh, to help out if you got people in your congregation uh, who have uh, some of them can be near nearly wiped out yep. by some of these storms. So, yeah, time for the church to be the church, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, another uh, story that kind of broke late last week, and that is the uh, remember Lois Lerner back in the Tea Party days. Lois Lerner was uh, an official with the IRS. And all of a sudden, Tea Party groups found themselves being denied 501c3 nonprofit status. Right. Quite a scandal over that. Now, the Obama administration at the time said, you know, there were a couple of people that, you know, it just kind of went nuts that worked for the IRS offices in Chicago right. or somewhere. Well, 
This story is eerily similar, all right? There is a Christian organization, Christians Engaged. Now, they applied uh, for uh, a 501c3 status back in 2019. They received notice just the other day from the IRS-exempt organization's director that their application had been denied. Now, the, the guy at the center at the IRS of this one, his organization's director's name is Stephen A. Martin. I want you to listen to what he had to say uh, to this group's Christians Engaged. He said, uh, you engage, this is from his letter, you engage in prohibited political campaign intervention. You are also not operated exclusively for one or more exempt purposes within the meaning of Section 501c3 because you operate for a substantial non-exempt private purpose and for the private interests of the Republican Party. And then listen to this. This is the IRS official, Mr. Martin, further argued that the Christians engaged is precluded from tax-exempt status because the group works to instruct people on what the Bible says about issues such as the sanctity of life, marriage, and justice that, quote, generally distinguish candidates and are associated with political party platforms. Now, just stop and think about that. Because you use the Bible as a standard when you discuss abortion, that makes you unqualified for a 501c because... The Republican Party also speaks out against abortion. So uh, their lawyer, with uh, it's with uh, Liberty uh, First Liberty. Her name is Leah Patterson. This is what she had to say about the rejection, which is now being appealed. By the way, cut number seven. It was shocking, uh, personally, because I mean, the last time I checked, the Bible did predate either party uh, that we presently have. Uh, and when we when we looked into it, you know, the the argument in in our appeal that we're pretty confident in is that the uh, the IRS's decision violates its own regulations for for a couple of reasons, but it also violates constitutional protections for free speech and free religious exercise. If the IRS thinks that biblical teachings are Republican affiliated, it could potentially endanger the tax exempt status of many religious organizations across the country, including potentially churches. So that's why uh, we're concerned about about this potential precedent and why we are fighting this issue to protect religious liberty. You know, th- this if people doubted what is at the heart of our cultural war in this country, this is as perfect an example of the fact, and it is a fact, that this is a war over God mm-hmm. in our country. At, at the root of it, this is about whether or not God exists, whether the Bible is true, whether God has commandments, whether we are supposed to follow them, uh, it, it, whether there's a judgment to come. All of that is at the center of this storm. And the fact of the matter is there is a substantial minority, I don't think it's a majority, a substantial and vocal minority in this country that hate God, they hate the Bible, they hate his commandments. I mean, this is right out of Psalm 2. Let us toss off his, let's get rid of his fetters. We don't want to be restrained by his laws anymore. And that hostility is being directed at his people. Now, obviously, that's what Jesus told us would happen, so we're not surprised. But in this country, it's illegal. 
What the IRS has done is so blatantly unconstitutional. I hope they get slapped down big time because as the spokesperson for First Liberty said, if you argue like the IRS is doing that your biblical beliefs, because the Republican Party upholds them or agrees with them, now you lose as a religious organization mm-hmm. your uh, uh, tax-exempt status, that could apply to churches. Well, that's what Leah Patterson yeah, said. I know. Churches better beware. You know, this is almost saying to the pastor, you better not talk about abortion from the pulpit right. because that's a cause that the Republican Party raises. That links you with the Republican Party. Therefore, you might lose your 501c3 status. Right. Well, well, now, this, this, uh, and obviously this is wrong, but this, this organization was denied. Yes. Not revoked. Right. I think right. there is a, di- there is a, there's, there's a difference. Uh, but if, the, if that's, it, but it does, it is a lowest learner moment, yeah. for example, because you do, you do, uh, we all know that these lefties are the one, most of the people in control of the bureaucracy of these agencies are liberals, yes. the Democrats. Mm-hmm. That's the reason Virginia is no longer a red state because all of all these people that work for the federal government are Democrats and they live in Northern Virginia now. Right. And uh, so when the, if these bureaucrats who are liberal can have the power to enact retribution against conservative organizations and they can do so with impunity, then they will, they will do that. And, and in various and different ways that not always maybe public or, but you just, that you have to be, um, usually these folks over the, over the decades of our country's history have been uh, apolitical. All right. They're just doing their, they're just paper, paper pushers. I don't mean to sound disrespectful of the jobs there in the federal government, but now Biden has put in place leadership in these positions. Uh, You got to understand, folks, the president controls the executive branch of the federal government. There's the legislative branch, there's the judicial branch, and there's the executive branch. The executive branch, head of that is the president of the United States, and he appoints all the people in these agencies that oversee our lives basically. And what Biden has done is he's put in what I call a parade of progressive clowns uh, that are leading these agencies now. And they in turn are putting in hard lefties under them. And, uh, if Biden were to stay in power for, uh, you know, it four to eight years, I don't think he'll make it. I think he's gone after one term mentally, but if he were to, uh, but if Harris were to get in there, they would stock this, mm-hmm. uh, the federal agencies with even further people who are going to be punitive to conservatives and Christians go after us. Right. Uh, that's what they would really like to do is go after us with the various agencies in ways that they could uh, shut us down. Meanwhile, so I, meanwhile, I doubt very much that religious groups whose beliefs align with the Democratic Party yes. are going to be subjected to the same mm-hmm. experiences with the IRS. Oh, your yes. views you claim are from the Bible 
you say they align with the Democratic Party, therefore you're denied as well. Look, Lois, yes, that's a good point. Lois Tharner was never held to account. Nope. No. In fact, nope. she pled the Fifth Amendment. She pled the Fifth Amendment. <laughs> Imagine a, 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 a public servant in the job of overseeing whether or not somebody gets a uh, government-approved tax-exempt status. Being, uh, th there's evidence to, to show that she discriminated against conservative groups. She gets called before Congress, a public servant, right, getting a government check from taxpayers, and she says, I ain't going to answer to you. Mm -hmm. After reading a statement, if I'm not reading mistaken. Reading a statement and then saying, I'm not answering any questions. Yeah. I'm not going to cooperate. Imagine <laughs> that. I'm not going to cooperate with you. That's what she did. Anyway, uh, we'll see what happens, but it is. That's why... Elections have consequences, and it does matter who's going to control the executive branch of government because all these agencies have morphed. You know, these three-letter agencies have morphed into uh, into uh, a a a fourth branch of government, basically. All right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Well, fellas, we got the United, we got the uh, Olympic Games coming up in Japan. When does that start? End of July, couple of weeks. Yeah, they just announced this morning they're going to allow ten thousand people in, locals, locals, Japanese people. Yes, to, I guess uh, to watch. Some well, people probably are all, all over the world will go. Well, they said they used the word locals this morning. Oh, only locals? No, I, I think because of the COVID restrictions, Japan's not allowing a lot of. Uh, oh. Well, then I'm going to have to off the check on my tickets. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're going to be allowed in. Uh, better check on. So, uh, but but uh, yeah, that's coming up. Uh, so I was noticing this morning, Fred, that there is this uh, guy who says he's a woman. Laurel. You call them? You call those folks transgendered? He's transgender. He's transitioning, and his name is yeah. Her, what, uh, his new female name. His new female La name is Laurel. Laurel. Yes, and he is a weightlifter for the New Zealand team. That's right. A, a transgendered person. Yes. So the he he is going to be competing against the women. Again, folks, it gets, you get, the language gets confusing and you don't really know what to say sometimes because you're trying to put this in proper perspective and, and, and do it accurately. This is, but this is a man. He's a bodybuilder. He has said he is a woman, much like Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, and it appears that he will be, his name is Laurel, identifies as a woman, will be competing against females in the Olympic Games as a weightlifter. True, Fred? Is that, yeah. I got that story right? Prior to his declaration that he now is a woman, he competed as a male weightlifter. Uh, in the trials uh, leading up to the Olympics, uh, he lifted 628 pounds. Uh, so he is going to be able to do quite well. Uh, is he going to win? He's, well, 
I've seen pictures of him this morning on TV. Uh, I would say if I was a woman competing against him, he would be a uh, exemplary foe in the weightlifting contest. I'm being extremely, extremely. You're being careful. Careful with, with your wanna, words. I wonder if the uh, his competitors are going to speak out at all. There was a story I just saw. I didn't get a chance to read it that day. Some competitors, but you know, I'm afraid it's a lost cause when it comes to the International Olympic Committee because they decided way back in 2015 that they're going to start changing the rules to allow those who claim to be a sex. I hope all these transgendered people win. I hope he wins the gold medal. Yep. You may say, "Wait, Tim, that sounds crazy. <laughs> Why are you saying that? No, I, I want to force the issue. Mm. I want to see a man become a professional women's tennis player and beat um, Serena Williams. Serena or... Williams, six zero, six zero, six zero, huh? And then, and then I want to see all the woke people stand up and cheer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to see, I want to see a six eight dude who says he's a woman. Take over professional women's basketball. Be the, I really do. Yeah. Because I want to see the, you know what I'm saying here? Oh, yeah. No, I know. I, I agree it's, with you. It's one thing to talk about this in theory. And then in theory, they say to Wildman and, and Vitagliano and Jackson, you bunch of transphobic bigots. Uh, and you're, you're trying to scare people about something that'll never happen. Well, guess what? There's a there's a man about to win the probably win the Olympic uh, games in weightlifting for women. Yeah, yeah. Women. Laurel, what was his name Laurel and Hardy? Was that his name? Uh, I know no, you, wanted, you wanted to say that. Laurel, Laurel Hubbard. I'm sorry, Laurel, Laurel Hubbard. Hubbard. <laughs> uh, and do, do they make them? Uh, does Olympics don't don't they make them take take a take a, a steroid test or something? Well, they make them take muscle density. Um, yeah, they have to. They have to take drugs that decrease their testosterone levels. Now, reading from a Fox News story on this, and it says the determined criteria. Okay, so the uh, 2015 Fred said the International Olympic Committee changed its rules to allow transgender athletes to compete as long as their testosterone level is below a certain level and maintained at that level for a year. So the criteria that they use is a maximum reading of 10 nanomoles, whatever that is, per liter of testosterone. But even that level is at least five times more than a biological woman. Nanomoles are those you can't ever catch in your backyard. In your backyard. They, they, yeah. they, they, because they're small. <laughs> uh, you nanomoles. Know what? what is it? Again, this just points to the ridiculousness. This is all going to fall on its own. Uh, ridiculous uh, weight, so to speak, because who is the U.S. Olympic Committee? Why is it their uh, role to tell somebody what their body density should be as a as if they say there's a, they're a woman? Well, the fact of the matter is, if you have to make those rules, yes, it proves there's a biological difference between men and women. Yes, bingo. And you look at the picture of this guy, Laurel. He is a beast. Yeah. No wonder he can he can lift. What is it? Six hundred and twenty eight pounds. Yep. And the and the woman from Belgium is the one who complained about this. She said, I, "I'm going to be powerless 
against this guy. She had to kind of temper her opposition by saying, although we all know this is all happening in the context of real discrimination against transgender people because she doesn't want to get canceled. But to your point, Tim, I hope this guy wins. Me so too. that everyone's confronted face-to-face with how wrong this is. Me too. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Stay with us. You're listening to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Next time on Today's Issues, our guest will be Sandy Rios of Sandy Rios in the Morning. Uh, They will be voting this week in the Senate on SR1. And if it should pass, of course, uh, President Biden will certainly sign. It would be a bill made in heaven for the Democrats, and he will certainly sign it. We'll also have news headlines and analysis from American Family News. Don't miss the next Today's Issues, weekday mornings at 11 Eastern, 10 Central on American Family Radio. What would it be like if every person knew that they were created in the image of God? After two years in the making, American Family Studios proudly presents In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. There are only two sexes, male or female. If you're conceived with a Y chromosome, you will develop into a male. In His Image is a documentary featuring life-changing testimonies of former LGBT individuals. In my most formative years of development of sexuality, I went through a brutal time of uh, sexual distortion, molestation. Visit InHisImage.movie to watch In His Image. Well, everybody, welcome to this unboxing video as we unbox. My hormone blockers. In His Image from American Family Studios is available now for free viewing. Visit InHisImage.movie. You're made in the image of God. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. Unvaccinated students in Exeter, New Hampshire were publicly singled out and marked with a number at the high school prom. Just to confirm, this happened on American soil, not German. Local reporters say teachers use Sharpies to write numbers on the skin of students who had not been vaccinated against the China virus. After every third song, the numbered students had to raise their hands so their names could be recorded for contact tracing purposes. There was also a list available for all to see that included the names of everyone and their vaccine information. One parent said it's like their kids were treated like prisoners in Nazi Germany. Others were angered over violations of HIPAA rights and the lack of medical confidentiality. Beyond that, it is parents, by the way, who determine what medical information about their kids gets to be shared, not the school district. I'm Todd Starnes. A bruised reed he will not break and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. If you want to send us an email, the address is comments at AFR.net, comments at AFR.net. Tim with Ed and Fred, and we thank you for listening to American Family Radio. So the Olympic Games, uh, Summer Olympic Games are in Ju- the July. end of July, I think. July, yes. They're usually two weeks. Uh, do you, you prefer the do you, watching the Winter Olympics, Summer Olympics, or or both, Ed? Uh, I, I like, well, I do. I, I like the Winter Olympics a little bit better because of, obviously, because of hockey. Right. Um, but uh, both, of, both of them are fantastic. I mean, in terms of the kinds of events and 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 the performances that you can see. Yeah. yeah We've been watching you? the trials, the swimming trials. Yeah. I, I just have so much admiration for these kids. They work so hard yeah. at this, and I'm amazed at these 200 meters back and forth. I don't know how they do it. I'm exhausted after one length, going very slowly. Yeah. yeah. You know, when I'm when, when I'm swimming, but uh, it's it's just amazing. These kids are in great shape. I feel sorry for the ones that don't make it because you know they work years at this right. to get to this level, mm-hmm. and uh, and so. But I mean, they they do so well, and we we hope the American team does extremely well. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next story, Fred. Well, thankfully, our country is recovering from the pandemic. The restrictions are slowly being taken off, but there are some residual effects, and some nurses who up to a few weeks ago worked for Houston Methodist Hospital are finding out. Because the next debate that's uh, that's happening across the country is uh, mandatory vaccination, uh, mandatory shots, as, as some people, they want to distinguish between the two. And uh, today, uh, Jennifer Bridges is one of those nurses at Houston Methodist who took a stand and said no. I do not want to take a vaccination. She and dozens of others effective today are uh, are going to be fired and we'll have to find other jobs. Uh, we spoke with Jennifer Bridges on Friday just uh, to get her take on all of this. Cut six. I'm definitely not anti-vax. All my childhood vaccines, everything like that I've taken. Just This one's a completely different ballgame. It's still emergency use only, experimental phase. I mean, nobody should force that upon somebody you know, and and then lose your job if you don't get it. I mean, they don't have the correct research and data on this yet. There's no long-term effects. And then on top of that, all these months I've been working in the hospital, I've seen so many patients and, and fellow employees that have gotten the shot and then come down with, like, anything from mild to severe adverse reactions. A lot of people who get fully vaccinated then come back and they get covid so just all the risks involved versus the benefits, they just do not equal up. All right, uh, let me get this straight. And mm-hmm. that was... Uh, now her name is Jennifer Bridges. Okay, She's Jennifer. a nurse at Houston Methodist. Okay. So this Houston Methodist Hospital... Huge hospital. Required, ...requires their employees... Correct. ...to be vaccinated correct. or else you can't work there. That is correct. And what uh, these, and so they had a lot of. Dozens of them. Yeah, okay. 
who said, no, we don't agree with that. We're going to go to court. Yep. So they went to court. What court was it that ruled on this? Because uh, I'm sure it'll be appealed. You yes. Know? Uh, it was a U.S. District Judge, uh, Lynn Hughes. Oh, it was a federal judge. Yes. Okay. The federal judge says no, says, said, ruled that the hospital had the right to force vaccination. I can quote from his decision. Go ahead. Yeah. This is not coercion. This is the judge speaking. Methodist is trying to do their business of saving lives without giving them the COVID-19 virus. It is a choice made to keep staff, patients, and their families safer. Wait a minute. It can be both, by the way, if that's your view. It is coercion. I don't know how the judge says it isn't coercion. <laughs> You're going to get fired you, you, you if you do don't. do this or you lose your job. Right. So it is coercion. Yes. But but he, he would be better served by saying it is for. But the coercion is is uh, the, the the legitimate right of the employer here. That's what to me what he he should have said. Listen, I I agree with uh, the uh, with the nurse here because uh, of the reasons she said. This is this. There are no long-term clinical trials associated with these vaccines. The uh, three or four of them that are out there that are popular, and, and it is an emergency. It, 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 true, it is an emergency situation. Our country is trying to quell the spread of the COVID nineteen as quickly as possible, for for a myriad of good reasons. So I, but. Don't say this is like a normal <laughs> vaccine process. It's not. It was rammed through mm-hmm. uh, for the reasons I just mentioned. And to to be forced to take something that's experimental or keep your job, it seems to me totally unfair to these uh, employees of the of the hospital. Yeah, and and here's another uh, issue. You know, we we've been told, and and again. I don't think any of us really know what is true because we've been told one thing and then it's changed. But we've been told, uh, maybe I'm wrong here, that if you get COVID, you are just just as protected as those who are vaccinated. Or more so even potentially. Yeah. Or, or, or more so. Yeah. Listen, I, I did get the, uh, the vaccine after the first shot. I, had, I was very sick for two days after getting this. I mean, fever, chills. I had a fever of uh, over 101. I mean, it was like having the flu for a day and a half. Now, that's not a life-threatening thing, but I can see where people like this nurse and others in her position are very nervous about the possibility. We're already hearing about teenagers who've been vaccinated having this uh, myocarditis or something, some inflammation around the heart. Now, again, it's not life-threatening, but... That's what we know now. Uh, there's surely had to be some yeah. sort of compromise you could work out with these people who probably were heroic in during the pandemic, yes. working round the clock mm-hmm. to protect the lives of people in that hospital. I wonder if they're required to get the flu shot. She says she has taken the flu shot uh, in but the are past. They re- do you know if the hospital uh, requires that? Um, I, I'm familiar with one case, uh, not in Houston where, uh, a nursing student, uh, was told that you have to get the flu shot and this nursing student said no. So they made her wear a mask all the time. Now this This is is going back to three years. Yeah. Yeah. 
prior to COVID. I, I, w- I would also <clears throat> say, that, and, and that's a good point, if masks really do work, mm. these nurses could wear masks. They, yeah. They're usually covered up anyway with gloves yes. Yes. and all that kind of thing. I will say this. If this was, you know, something, you know, that we're, we're used to in terms of vaccines where, you know, polio or something like that, I, I can understand where a hospital would require people in the health profession to be fully vaccinated. But the issue with this is it, it really is not, we get, we'd probably get some argument from people saying this is not an experimental vaccine, but it is an emergency use authorization and has not gone through the big clinical trials so i have to i have to think that the hospital could have made some sort of arrangement with these very valuable well valued and, people and let's remember these these are uh, jennifer bridges and others who are losing their job effective today um what happened is these are experienced medical people right yeah they have seen people who have been vaccinated right uh, they're they're not making this just off the cuff. They're educated they're not being in the frivolous. field of medicine. They are. They're yeah. making a scientific uh, assessment based on what they have seen in the last several months at Houston Methodist, and they're saying, "Wait a minute, I yeah. I just this is too iffy for me. I don't want to take it." Yeah, I, yeah. So we'll see what happens there as that goes forward. You're uh, listening. Do, do you, to today's issues on AFR. Go ahead, Fred. Uh, Ed. Are, are they going to appeal this judge's ruling? Yeah, okay. they are going to appeal. All right. Hands up. How many have smartphones? Smartphones. Mine's mediocre <laughs> in terms of smartness. IQ. I have, mine had, yeah. hasn't been tested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the IQ uh, test. You know, we're, we're, we're hearing smart everywhere now, like smartphones. Yeah, smart cars. Smart cars, smart refrigerators, smart stoves. Right. How about smart thermostats? Smart thermostats. Hang on. I'm just Hang. I'm I'm rooting for a smart dog. All How right. about that every once in a while? Here's what happened. All and right. is happening. All right. This is we're back in Houston, Texas again. Brandon English told Houston TV station KHOU his wife and daughters had lowered the temperature on their thermostat before taking a nap. When they woke up, the inside of their home had become much warmer. In fact, they were sweating. What in the world's going on here? In Galveston, Karen Rogers told NBC affiliate KPRC she noticed the temperature on her thermostat was being turned up without her consent. What? Yes. She later discovered it was part of an energy savings event initiated by her energy company. The energy companies now with these smartphones can control your thermostat. So when they think the grid is working too hard, they can start pressing buttons and they can. You mean inside your house? Inside. You're looking at it on the wall and you're watching it move one way or another? Yeah. Because the uh, the, uh, energy company can control it? Yes. Yes. This is, this is, you're talking about Big Brother. What is, what is happening in Houston? Would be my question. You first of all, you got forced vaccines, right? Now you got forced uh, thermostats. Well, it's Galveston too. Galveston, uh, that's, that's outrageous. But I'll tell you what, uh, I guarantee you the fine print on your contract, all those things that we we check when we say I agree. Yeah, you know, Alla- allows that to happen. Uh, probably allows that to happen. But that would be eerie. Oh, that this should be a lawsuit. 
imagine you go, you, you lower it, you take a nap. It's getting really hot outside. So you lower it and you wake up and you're sweating. What's going on here? Am I got disease or something? And you notice your house, you start looking at the temperature. Somebody has decided, some bureaucrat somewhere, there's a limit. And we're going to start cranking up It's probably up automatic. Heat. It's probably not, they're probably not going house by house. Mm. It's during peak times of the day. They're probably forcing any thermostat they can access. A Wi-Fi. Through, yeah. through Wi-Fi or your phone. Yep. Uh, they are. So <laughs> do you turn your Wi-Fi off while, while you want to cool down your house? I don't know. This, this is bizarre. That what? should be a People ought to sue. And you know what? If the if the power company doesn't agree to stop doing that, I say you peacefully protest, mostly peacefully protest <laughs> outside their building. Yeah, but the problem with that is too hot. <laughs> That's true. You need to go back inside where you're governed by the. Hey, where do you keep your dumpster? Isn't that a? Isn't that, aren't the? Uh, boy, I'm getting. Aren't these energy companies that control uh, the air that you get into your home, the air conditioning? Aren't they a? Uh, uh, what do you call them, public utilities? So they, yeah, but Texas has got some kind of unique situation there. I'm I'm not sure what what. Well, okay. you remember there was the I big the big it. fuss uh, during the freeze there right. last winter, and they start looking at the grid again and what we have to do because a lot of people they lost their heat, right? Uh, that the grid couldn't take the overload, all of that sort and of. And some thing. got like thirteen thousand dollar bills. And- oh yeah. It was, it was crazy. Nuts. Well, you know, uh, on the other hand, I do understand the need to protect the, uh, you know, if if in fact the uh, the grid is going to go down, so to speak, or the uh, power company is going to go down if if you don't uh, allow the temperatures in in thousands and thousands of homes and businesses to be adjusted. That is a consideration. I mean, I'm not, not trying to dismiss that, but it does sound like an invasion of privacy when you get ready to adjust your temperature and you push it somewhere and then know it goes back. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and you push it somewhere and then know it's good. It's like Amityville Horror or something like Poltergeist or something like that. Really. Yeah. You're talking about Big Brother is, is uh, you know, sweating you. Well, it's like if the government decides, ah, you've watched enough football this season. Right. <laughs> Or this weekend, so your so TV you, goes off. You turn it, you turn it to CBS, yeah. or to Fox to right. watch a game, and your television automatically changes over to Wheel of Fortune, right? And you go, no, I, I want the football game. <laughs> no, you've watched enough. I know it does sound strange. Uh, all right, Fred. All right, um, that by the way is one of the most bizarre things I've heard in a long time. That's a good, I, that's I didn't a good believe story. it. I, I yeah. didn't believe it when I was first told about this this morning. I said no. Yeah. You know, government or a government agency, in this case, power company, controlling the temperature of my house. Yeah. Right. USA, right. It, it's in USA Today, folks. So well, that's called a smart uh, thermostat. Thermostat. Okay, smart thermostats. Beware right. of smart thermostats. Because <laughs> there's a smart Alex somewhere. All right. All right. Uh, the uh, folks in Georgia who control elections announced recently that they were removing... 101, 782, so almost 102,000 obsolete and outdated voter files from the state's voter registration rolls. Well, I, I tell you what, some of the mainstream media, including CNN, just went ballistic about this. You know, here, you know, this, this is terrible. They're trying to infringe on the rights of people's voting rights, the whole thing. 
Well, it turns out this happens in every state every now and then because they have to update their voter files. Right. Because guess what? Some people move away. Or die. Or die. Imagine that. Anyway, so uh, Georgia, already under attack by the left for making more secure voting rules, uh, came under fire once again. Well, the governor of Georgia, Brian Kemp, was on Fox and Friends this morning, and he kind of trying to straighten things out here. Cut number two. Look, us uh, making sure the voter rolls are updated and secure, uh, list maintenance. We're following federal law in this state. I did that for nine years when I was Secretary of State. The left was outraged as, as well. They act like nobody ever moves out of the state and doesn't notify the Secretary of State's office that they're moving. Uh, so I think it's pertinent for the Secretary of State's office to be following federal law when it comes to list maintenance and keeping our roles updated. You also need to remove deceased voters and things of that nature. Uh, this has been practiced not only in Georgia, but many other states around the country. And it's just a, another example of these hollow talking points of the Democrats that are really being hypocritical. Yeah, the, uh, there you have it. You know, this happens in every state. Uh, in fact, uh, the details are on these vote, voter files that are being removed include just over 67,000 voter files linked to a national change of address form submitted to the U.S. Postal Service, about 34,000 voter files that had election mail returned to sender, and nearly 300 that had no contact with election officials for two general elections. I don't understand what the controversy is. Well, it, it has to do with the left right now. You know, every change, ah, they're, they're trying to commit voter, you know, they're, they're using voter fraud as an excuse. They're trying to infringe on the voting rights of people. That's what the left, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, this is the kind of thing that they come out with every time. It's very clear, Tim. How can you, how can you get dead people to vote if their names are not still on the rolls? Got to keep those dead people on there. They may come in handy. Okay. During election time. Okay. That's never happened. <laughs> <clears throat> what the, uh, that was, that was the governor yes. there of Georgia saying that we just, he's saying we're going through the normal purging process, mm -hmm. uh, that every state does just to keep an, an accurate role. Uh, this is a much, much ado about nothing. It, as he said, it happens in states all over. Every, every state does that. Yes. It seems like you'd be remiss if you didn't do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I this it's a twenty four hour news story right there. I think. <laughs> Go ahead, Fred. Last uh, weekend, mm -hmm. there was an event in Orlando, Florida, Faith and Freedom Coalition event. Some pretty high profile Republicans spoke at that event, including former Vice President Mike Pence. I want you to have a listen what happened, uh, at least the reaction that he received from the, some in the crowd. Cut number five. Well, hello, America. It is great to be back with so many patriots dedicated to faith and freedom and the road to the majority. And I want to thank my friend Ralph Reed for those overly generous words. I'm deeply humbled by them. And Ralph Reed knows me well enough to know the introduction I prefer is a little bit shorter. 
I'm a Christian, a conservative, and a Republican in that order, and I am honored to stand before you today. Now, what you may have heard in the background there, he was being heckled. Yeah, well, I couldn't make out what was going on. Well, he was being heckled because there is a portion of supporters of Donald Trump uh, who believe that the former vice president did not take sufficient reaction to the former president's allegations of fraud and fraudulent voting, and uh, they hold the former vice president accountable for that. So, the, so that was Ralph Reed's conference. That that's because Ralph's a friend of mine and yeah. a friend of ours. He was on our radio program a few months ago. A mm-hmm. uh, great guy, and so this was a, a conference that that his organization held in Orlando. Correct, and uh, they were inviting probably some of the uh, front runners, yes, as it were. Mm-hmm. for the 2024 mm-hmm. presidential election right. I guess, and other conservative leaders. And Mike Pence, former VP, was one of them. Yeah. Uh, now, nobody's announced yet. No. But, no. But these are the Some ones. Some are moving around, like the former vice president's been up in New Hampshire speaking, and so there are indications at least that he may be interested. Did President Trump speak at this conference? Uh, he did not. I don't believe he, did. Okay. he spoke at this conference. So, uh, former Vice President Pence is not exactly a darling amongst conservatives who are big Trump supporters. Yes, there are there are some that say there's no way that they could support him because they believe he should have stepped in and taken steps to at least... No, he couldn't have. No, he couldn't have. So, stop it. That's my what opinion. What are you looking at me for? <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the, vice, the vice president does not. Now, I know what people are going to say. Well, he could have sent it back to the states. Yeah. Yes. You're talking about when there was time to validate the votes of the Electoral College. Yes. His role was ceremonial. The vice president's was to. Uh, I just don't think he had. Abe Hamilton, conservative. Works for us, American right. Family Radio, constitutional, constitutional lawyer. lawyer. Uh, he he's, he says same thing. I said I said right here. Yeah. So no, I I agree. It, what what should have happened is the these battles should have been fought in individual states, and it it was in some and some they tried and co- federal courts and the Supreme Court. We all I don't want to rehash all that from the last election, but when it comes down to the vice president. His role is, like you said, is ceremonial. It's it's rubber stamp, unless there's some clear attempt to violate the. I know there's people yelling at the radio right now, <laughs> saying they're yelling at me was, first and you second. But I, I I'm with you. I don't think the, the vice president. You can't look, put it all on him. Look, a single person overturning elections. Look, Vice President Pence was a loyal VP to President Trump for four years. Okay, carried the water for the Trump administration. It was the Trump-Pence administration. All right? So do not call him a traitor. That is terrible. He, Governor, uh, Vice President Pence is a, is a patriot who loves this country. He served. The, Donald Trump picked Mike Pence. Right. And so to be, and he, and so do not let that one moment of disagreement uh, 
uh, uh, you know, make you start calling him a traitor? That's shameful. Is that what they were yelling? Traitor? Yeah, were some they? of them were. Yeah, some of them. He has faced this in prior speeches in the last few weeks. And I remember him responding this way. He said, don't let the left use January 6th to define yeah. everything the Republican Party is about. Yeah. And what he's saying is that you're playing into the hands of the left-wing media and Democrats by saying January 6th defines everything that was accomplished by Donald Trump in over four years. I, I personally think the Republican Party is going to need somebody more, uh, uh, how about I say, Governor DeSantis, Aggressive. for example. Yeah. He, he has taken action mm -hmm. on almost a daily basis against the hard left yes. in this country, and he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. You know, he's much like President Trump in that regard. He doesn't, he doesn't lose sleep over the attacks from the left, right, uh, or the mainstream media. Uh, but I just don't want to. Uh, I just want to say that you know, Vice President Pence served President Trump, and they were tight. They were friends, and they were allies. They had that disagreement at the very end over the certification. And and I happen to think Vice President Pence, Jay Sekulow agrees with me. Abraham Hamilton III uh, agrees with me. So there, there are a lot of people who love President Trump who disagree with him on this one. And I just don't think it's the job of the vice president to be deciding, you know, who, who which states to accept and which to reject. Right. When it comes to electoral college votes. That's that's too much authority for one individual to Absolutely. have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, but I think for the most part, people understand. We understand what happened. To, it doesn't take away from the irregularities of the voting. Good point. Okay. I Absolutely. And we've covered that ad nauseum. So there, ladies and gentlemen, if you've been waiting for me to use the expression ad nauseum, <laughs> uh, and you had a bet on that, I just did it. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.